is from the book of Galatians, <clears throat> chapter 3, commencing at verse 23, on page 1170 in the Church Bible. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Galatia, and also to this church, Galatians 3, 23. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are in Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. May God bless his word to each one of us. The second reading is from Luke 8, verses 26 to 39, which is on page 1037 in the Church Bibles. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man, whom the de- they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, 
because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may my words be few, our understanding great, and our response true. Amen. Tim, you were worried about the time. Uh, You don't need to worry. In my nerves, I've been drinking a lot this morning water, so we're going to be okay. Um, uh, This sermon this morning will not reach the heights of last Sunday. I will end up nowhere near the ceiling. There'll be no danger of me hitting my head. There'll be none of you more sort of motherly concerned ones that were keeping an eye on the bottom of the ladder, making sure that it stayed where it was meant to be. There'll be no blokes like me going, go on, Tim, you can do it. Go on, do some more fancy feats. Um, today's sermon is literally going to be staying on the level. And that's exactly uh, what Paul uh, was worried about with the faith of those in Galatia. Uh, so here he is. Now, of course, hairstyles change. In those days, you kept what little hair you had, and you kept a little island on the top. Uh, and uh, and uh, but that's the classic painting, apparently, of Paul uh, writing. He usually got an amanuensis, which is like a, you know, a, a, a secretary doing the typing, non-typing, and um, which is why, you know, sometimes he says, uh, I write this with my own hand. He's basically saying, this is so important, I'm doing the job myself, uh, which I thought was quite, uh, quite interesting. So he's worried that the faith of the Galatians has not taken off on that ladder that we uh, looked at last week. It stayed grounded, but not, it's not lifted off. And uh, we're going to be looking at that now. I've been doing some research, as you'll be glad to know. Would you like to see the envelope that the letter to the Galatians was posted in? Okay, Uh, so can I do this bit? Is this... That one? There it is. Yes, there it is. So that's that's proof of my research. Um, And uh, so that's what was going on. Now, they were distracted by uh, basically the Jews coming along saying, now you are... Christians, uh, you need to focus on getting circumcised and uh, following the Sabbath law and following, uh, and following Moses' law. And uh, so, let me just check this. Is this going now? Am I aiming it the wrong way? Is it me? Do I need to turn it on? Okay, there we go. Hey, there we go, there we go. Uh, so Genesis 17, uh, this is what the Jewish understanding was, that you'll be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. Oh, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Now, more research. Would you like to see a picture of the first circumcision? No. Okay. <laughs> the photo was taken just before. Okay, there we go. And um, not, not surprisingly, uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of oh, uh, resistance uh, to this. And, um, and so the Jews were concerned that the uh, Gentiles, the non-Jews, hadn't changed uh, their way of life. If you like, uh, they've been in this prison, and uh, the door's been unlocked, but they haven't actually walked out of it. Now, 
Talking of prison, that reminds me of my A-level students this week, who've just taken their last exam. And uh, they looked totally different than I've ever known them for about the last five or six years. They looked so happy. They were ecstatic. I don't know if you've got one in your house. Have you got one here, maybe? Yes. And uh, they looked totally different people. I'm like, have I taught you for five years? Uh, because they, they've just been released from school. There's going to be no more registers, no more school food, no more timetables, no more is my school uniform long enough, wide enough, covering up everything, all that stuff. No more fire drills in the rain or the snow. No more being nice to the people. They can be real to each other. They can enjoy passing their driving test, going where they want, when they want, at least until the bank of mum and dad is needed. Um, but it will be like saying to my A-level students, why don't you stay? <laughs> no way. They need to get out. And Paul is saying to Peter, back in chapter 2, why are you ordering the Gentiles to live as Jews? They have this gift of faith that I want them to be enjoying. So chapter 3, uh, now Paul says, now consider how you were saved. Take a minute to think how you were saved. So, brief bit of interaction here. What was the main driver that led you, if you're a Christian, to be saved. Okay, so Sample, the vicar, went to a mission, a mission both of you, uh, went to a Billy Graham mission. Okay, Billy Graham came over here in 1955, uh, although that wasn't the time that you went, and, uh, was it? And um, so you heard the gospel. Okay, so that's an illustration. So how did you become a Christian? Just interactivity, bellow out loud, please. Yeah, thank you. And they took you along, or? They, they... Right. Right, so a neighbor was instrumental. Okay, so someone else, what? Thank you. Your daughter. Fantastic, which is why we put lots of emphasis on children's work is great for children and the whole age range. It does fantastic work. Okay, brilliant. And um, someone else? Different? Different? Thank you. Over there. Sunday school. Ditto. That's important. And there's a theme here, isn't there, Tim? Isn't it great? All this investment. And uh, so no one said, well, it's because I was very clever or I've worked out the gospel, or I've read it in Hebrew, and I know uh, the original, and, and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. Did you notice with the creed, we weren't saying, thank you, I believe, and <laughs> God, thank you, that I had the brains to understand the gospel, or that I could understand the Bible in that way. It said, the creed said, I believe in God, da -da 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 -da. I believe in Jesus, da -da 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 -da. I believe in the Holy Spirit. So the emphasis is on that belief, which is a gift that God has given us. Okay, that's good. Um, so, just leave that for you to read. And uh, in verse 4, not, not verse 4, um, it says, You heard and received it, that's verse 2, not through observing the law. This is where we bring in Abraham. Okay, the promise to Abraham. Leave your country, your people, your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Who's doing all the work here? God's doing all the work. Okay, so Abraham is believing. Fantastic. Uh, Abraham is a physical and the spiritual father of the Jewish race. And now he's the father of the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Philippians 3.3 says, we are now the circumcision. But we don't need to have anything done downstairs. It's simply uh, we, in our hearts we've been set aside um, for, by faith. And that's another way of putting it. The blessing promised to Abraham would come to the world. Now, hands up. Who watched um, Harry and Meghan and the Royal Wedding production? Okay, right. Now, if you watched it before, there was a lot of protocol, wasn't there? Loads of it. You know, this is the royal bucket that's been there for 500 years. This is the path that they've been doing it since Henry VIII. Uh, Windsor Castle, da-da-da-da-da. There's a lot of protocol um, but it led up to something that most people find rather exciting. Okay? It was the actual appearance of the royals. So the protocol and all the detail and the observance and things we've been doing historically for centuries, the bit that that was leading to was a bit that excited people, which was Harry and Meghan and Bishop Michael Curry doing one of the greatest sermons ever. Okay? So the protocol existed for the bigger purpose, and exactly the same way the law is useful, says Paul, uh, to help us to know what God is like and what his standards are, um, but we doesn't, mustn't stop at the protocol. Just like you wouldn't watch the royal wedding and then turn off just as they're about to go up the aisle, would you? No, even the blokes wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, we haven't got to that one yet, so I'm going to stay there. Um, so verse 19, the law exists to help us to know what sin is. It tells us what, our, what God's values are. Just like if someone enters your home, you might say, would you mind taking your shoes off? Or would you mind not dancing on our brand new white sofa? Or that sort of thing. Um, so we had these. So the law was there as a temporary measure to show us our shortcomings, but the law can't save us. It doesn't clash with the gospel, but it's, it's complementary. Verse 21 uh, says, uh, the law had been given that could impart life. So law can't give life, it just shows us our need of God and our saviour. It's preparation for the gospel. So in the passage, it says here, uh, verse 23, we were held in custody. So again, we've got that prison idea of needing something to help us. Very easy to find out and know that we're sinners, but we need something to help us. Now, verse 24, I like this, because there's an illustration of going to school for the Greeks, which uh, the boys, if they were rich enough from families, were taken to school. They were taken to school by the servants. I just want to put this in. Quite interesting. Um, they only had one teacher. There were about 10 or 20 boys. Uh, they started at the age of 7 till about 14, and they learnt the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um, but also, they did wrestling in the, uh, in the afternoon and physical exercise to prepare them for the army. They didn't need much equipment because it was very old school, school in that they basically learnt by rote. And so they didn't write particularly anything down. But when they needed to, they wrote on wooden boards covered with wax. And they had a stylus with a sharp end for doing stuff and a, 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 you know, a, a flat end to wipe it out. And every now and then, when the wax got used and lots of words were on it, then they melted it and uh, started all over again. So they read aloud, 
And uh, so that's Greek school, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but the word used there for the, the law is pedagogical. Now, we in, in, in teaching, pedagogy, never can say it properly, basically means teaching people, and it's the art of teaching. Uh, so the word used there uh, is used as a sort of like a babysitter kind of guardian that takes the child along to school and makes sure they arrive. Uh, because sometimes these, ten, these 7 to 14-year-olds maybe didn't want to go to school. So nothing different there. Um, so that's the, that's the guardian. And the law is like a guardian taking them to school. It's like, uh, hands up, this is not a comment on your driving, if you see a flashing light, a blue flashing light, do you assume that it might be you when you're driving? You do. Of course you do. You always assume, just like if you see a policeman, I think one exception over there, uh, if you see a policeman, you think, oh, what have I done? Who have I? Have I? Have I? You know, you quickly go through the things that you... you, you know. Don't say I've got a guilty conscience. I know that we all do it, Derek. I think we all do it. We all think, is that me? And uh, unless you see Martin, who is a policeman, in the cafe... And you don't feel guilty. You think, that he's just Martin. And you can get away with anything. You can have a bit of banter, whatever, because he's off duty. But don't try that at the gallows corner doing weird stuff if he's on traffic duty. In the same way, so, so he's, uh, although he's a policeman with a job to finger point, he's okay. when he's here, he's just a friend. In a sort of similar way, uh, it's like God is not the law-giving judge that's pointing the finger. Um, he is talking to you. Because that's what it says in verse 26. It, uh, it, says, it says, In Christ you're all children of God. All of you are baptized in Christ. And this is where we come here, where we've got this uh, uh, idea of, apparently, the word used there is like when you're soaked through. So you're like your shirt is next door to your skin. And so verse 27 says you've put on uh, Christ, uh, which is great. Uh, and that points to the, sort of the intimacy of walking with Jesus. Verse 28 is, this, uh, is the climax of this. And there's so much... Oh, you can't see it very well. But it's verse, it's verse 28, okay? Um, in Christ, uh, uh, um, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free nor is there male or female. So the three great social divisions that, took, that were around at the time and still are now are being addressed by Paul. Interestingly, I've got two examples of these already. We've, uh, we've uh, uh, had... Um, uh, sorry, I've got your name now, but Jane, um, from Lighthouse. So that points to, and I'm sure that started off because of the uh, lack of care and attention uh, or, you know, that was being paid to the... Because women were the ones having the babies, uh, they'd not been looked after in the same way as if it men that were having the babies. Um, John, our singer, uh, he was up at the National Maritime Museum yesterday uh, and they had the delayed Windrush celebration, okay? And uh, again... Going back to the slave nor free, uh, that reminds us of, of what's the, the history of our empire. Which is why this verse might not mean so much to some of us, but it is beautiful. In heaven, there is an equality that's going to be really weird for us to get used to. We are going to wonder who's on the heavenly door letting all these people in. Uh, there's going to be slaves there of all different kinds, 
and immigrants that have been given such a tough time by us and the bloke in America. And, uh, you know, we're, we're maybe. There are people going to be in heaven thinking the slaves are there, uh, you know, to, to just serve at the table rather than enjoying the status of walking with Jesus. And then there's the pesky Gentiles that have been allowed in, the unwashed. They've probably never been to a synagogue. They probably think synagogue is a cocktail. They might even, I think I can smell bacon from the Alpha. Is that right? It smells just definitely like it. And, um, and people are going to be thinking, what's that doing in heaven? Because we, you know, that's a Gentile thing. Uh, those sausages, they better be the heck ones that are chicken only. Uh, so, and then they hear this beautiful song, all one in Christ. Um, and we're go- you and I are going to realize um, that heaven is free for all who believe in Jesus. It's really going to be amazing. And there's going to be some of your neighbors that you've never seen go to church. You've never seen them, and you don't know. And then there'll be people that you thought were there, but they're, they're not there. It's going to be really strange. Um, the Passion Translation, which is my favorite one at the moment, it says this. We no longer see each other in our former state. More importantly, God no longer sees us in our former state, but now. So, Mead Gators from Chelmsford, says Paul. Uh, he says, uh, this is, I want you to make sure you've said yes to the promise that's there for Abraham. Now, in heaven, we think there's still going to be distinctions, male and female, slave nor free, but we just don't know. But it's not saying those distinctions don't matter. It's saying that in God, we're all acceptable, and it's saying yes to uh, the promise. A couple of chapters later, he says this. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and don't let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, as always, if it's important enough, you can illustrate it using Shawshank Redemption film. And uh, you, uh, do you remember Brooks? So he's the guy uh, who'd been in there a very long time. I think he might have been the librarian. And, uh, uh, and basically what happened is that he was finally let out after a very, very long time. And um, but he was so got used to prison life, he couldn't cope with the outside. He couldn't cope with the freedom. Uh, and very shortly, he, he, he ended his, his life and, and, and he couldn't cope with, uh, with this freedom. And this is where this classic statement uh, uh, um, comes up here. I guess it comes down to a simple choose, choice. I get busy living or busy dying. And so the idea is that we're busy walking with God and, and not giving up but not getting enchained in this, uh, the law. Because the law, I was a very, believe it or not, I was a very sincere, uh, very uh, nerdy kind of teenager. And I went to church with a very serious look to make sure I did and said the right thing. It was very legalistic. Some of you I know come from that kind of conservative background. And, uh, or, yeah. and, uh, and, and so it took a long time for those chains to fall off me. I was a good Christian, and I did everything that I needed to, but I wasn't enjoying the Father heart of God. 
I then started a church up in, I started going to a church up in London. Dr. Kendall was the preacher. He started talking about the Father Heart of God. Floyd McClung wrote a book called The Father Heart of God. And I finally started to get that he wanted that walk with me, not just me ticking off the boxes of my Christian faith. Like I said, conclusion. This will not reach the heights of last week's sermon physically. And in a similar way, the faith of the Galatians was in danger. Uh, They had a faith, but it hadn't taken off and it hadn't reached those heights. I've got some questions for us to think about. And I want to really encourage you, particularly if you've maybe never done this before. The theme we've looked at here is the difference between under the law and obeying the detail of what God has given us. And or are we living as uh, children of God with the freedom that that gives us? So here's some questions which I think are really good. And, um, uh, you know, you don't need to pick which one when you're being prayed for. But, uh, but just, just ask, uh, ask if God is speaking to you about any of these things. Sorry, it's a bit small. Um, how are you getting busy living? What habits or attitudes threaten to make you a slave? So you're more about worried about whether you've done them than pleasing your father. Next one. Uh, will you rely completely on God for salvation? Or have you got a checklist of things you have to do to stay in good standing with God? My church, first church was so legalistic that we had a book, I think it's called a light blue book, called The Rule of Life. And it had 50 uh, topics to do with your love life, your home life, your service life, your school life. And you literally went through to tick off all the ways. And so it made me a very careful Christian. Um, That's where I I didn't get the heart of the Father. It's obviously always good to ask yourself what God is speaking to you. Um, But anyway, so finally, a couple more for you is this one. Will you let the Holy Spirit make adjustments in your life. Maybe you want to just get pray for, pray for that you would understand God more as a loving, caring father. And then the last one I've got, I thought quite interesting this one. Will you trust what the Holy Spirit says to you or must you have affirmation from other people? Hopefully you might argue you get both. But here's the question there is, which is more important to you, God's well done or People's well done. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord God, that you've given us a a living relationship with you. Thank you. We've not come to church today just to tick off the boxes on our checklist of faith. Thank you that in our songs we worship you. In our creed we embrace you. And in the week ahead, we just want to say, speak, Lord, your servant, your son, your daughter hears. Amen.